Sky News Australia has their shit. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 89. Episode number 89. Do you have anything for 89? Any players? Sure I a, do, but I can't think of anything. It's kind of a weird number. Like, yeah. I think, uh, oh, what the hell is his first name? Pittsburgh had a tight end for a little while. His last name was Green, I think. I feel like it's only a tight end, but it's not even a good tight end. Like no. You don't see a good tight end wearing 80, 89. So, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I can't think of any. Anyways, uh, might as well jump right in. Yeah, my news stories are kind of weak today. How many do you have? I brought three, and I was dicking around with these news stories for a while, and I kind of I, I ended up with three. So Okay, you can get started because I only have two. All right, my first one is going to come from The Guardian. I think I'm only going to run two today. Florida man allegedly hides gun inside raw chicken to foil airport security. Think about that for a second. Now, we've talked about the risks of uh, salmonella. Yes. All that shit. I feel like a, I would never be hiding anything in a raw chicken. The half-cocked plan thwarted by quick-thinking TSA agents who spied pistol-packing poultry in carry-on bag. That's their little subtitle for this That's segment. a good one. The U.S. Transportation Security Administration has caught an air traveler who had allegedly stashed a firearm inside a raw chicken in a bid to get the weapon through security at a Florida airport. In a pun-laden post to its Instagram account, the TSA said the bizarre attempt had been foiled at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport when Eagle Eye agents spied the handgun wrapped in tape and placed inside the bird's cavity. The chicken was then hidden inside the traveler's carry-on luggage. We hate to break it to you, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is just a waste of time. <laughs> Get it? Based of time? Yes. The agency said in the jokey post, it added, the idea wasn't even half-baked. It was raw, greasy, and obviously unsupervised. The only roast happened here is this poor packing choice. So, some asshole in Florida decided we gotta get this gun wherever it's going. Of all the things to hide a gun in, (laughs) a raw chicken. Now, to me, it's almost more questionable to bring a raw chicken on as carry-on luggage. Like, what are you going to do with a raw chicken? I agree. Now, obviously, this was... Was this detected at security? Yes. Okay. TSA. (sighs) Did he honestly think this wouldn't get checked? Who who would bring... Who would bring this in through uh, TSA? Who would bring a chicken? Who would bring a chicken? Like I feel through like TSA. Yeah, exactly. That's automatic suspicion, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> in, at least in my eyes, it like, is. Like maybe a rotisserie chicken. I might give you that, but not a raw chicken. Yeah, if you're talking about a a nicely packaged, sealed Costco rotisserie chicken, that would still be very odd, but it wouldn't be. That's suspicious as a raw as chicken. as a raw chicken wrapped in tinfoil. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Hey. Anyways, that really is all I had with that. <laughs> That's um, funny. I, I don't know what to say. I feel like that would not be my first choice. Leave it up to the Florida man. He'll he'll do it. Oh, yeah. Anyways, what else you got? This is another one from our favorite, UPI Odd News. Uh-oh. Escaped Mustang captured after swimming across bay in Wisconsin. I think I heard about this one, yeah. 
Authorities in Wisconsin said they captured a loose horse that ran wild on several roads and even swam across a bay. The Door County Sheriff's Office said the owner of the horse said the animal was a wild mustang and warned members of the public should not attempt to capture it. The mustang was spotted running loose just after 2 p.m. Sunday in the area of Bayshore Drive in township of Sevastopol, and the horse was then seen swimming across Green Bay to Patsawatomi State Park. The horse was spotted running near multiple roads before being corralled early Monday morning. We would like to send thanks to Jesus Chui Juargui, who assisted in corralling the Mustang. Where in the hell did they find this guy? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Jesus Chui Juargui. I think that's how you say that. Now, this was a wild Mustang. They got wild Mustangs up in Wisconsin. Is that what, what, that what you said? Um, It has an owner. Oh, okay. So I don't think it was a wild Mustang. Sure. But still, that would be uh, that'd be something to see driving across the driving across the highway there. You see a random horse. Because you don't really see wild horses like that at least i never nope. have not since uh the rolling stones anyways no that's a really uh it's a weird one i didn't realize that horses could swim like that like, i guess Me they neither. can it's difference between a horse like fording a river and a horse swimming across a fucking bay on its own you know what i mean right it always reminds me of reminds me of lord of the rings when they're going across the river yeah on the horses yeah the nazgul yep trying they to escape from the nazgul they can't uh they're fearful of the water i guess obviously this mustang is not i don't know it is weird though <laughs> again where the hell does he Jesus guy come from? Yeah, who is this guy? Where is he from? If anybody knows who this Jesus Chewy guy is, please tweet us at 30 in the we want to figure out who this guy is and what kind of skills he has to caress this horse. Yeah, and Jesus, if you're out there and you're listening, go ahead and sh- uh, send us a tweet. Definitely. Shoot us a tweet. Is that what you say? Shoot us a tweet? I don't know. Tweet us at 30 in the, <laughs> please. Alright, I got one more I'm going to run real quick. This one comes from the New York Times. This is one I actually had ready to go last week, but I got a little bit of an update on this one. Which I guess is good. This is kind of funny. Texas high schoolers must retake SATs after tests fly off UPS trucks. Rumor has been circulating throughout the hallways of El Paso High School for days. Students had seen test papers strewn across busy Mesa Street on October 28th. And the pencil-filled Scantron bubbles were a dead giveaway. These were SAT tests. Just like the ones that 315 students had taken at the school in the Texas the day before. I was driving on Mesa Street back from the gym and all of a sudden I see like a bunch of papers just everywhere, said Freddie Chavez, a senior at El Paso High School. I really didn't think much of it until a few days later when I heard rumors that those are actually SATs. I connected the dots right away. (laughs) Students were called to a meeting during last period on Wednesday and told the news. The SAT test they had taken on October 27th would not be scored because they had flown off a UPS truck that was transporting them. Instead of using their results to finalize their college applications, the students would instead have to take the often harrowing test again. That sucks. UPS is still conducting an investigation, but was quick to own up to its error. We apologize for the school and extend our apologies to the students, UPS said in the statement. The driver's actions in this case are not representative of UPS protocols and methods, and we have addressed this with him. Safely and reliably meeting our customers, our service commitments is UPS's first priority. Pablo Villa, the director of community engagement at the El Paso Independent School District, said it was not yet clear exactly how these tests had ended up scattered on the street, describing it as a unique situation. Now, the article goes on for a while, but could you imagine like taking a standardized test and it's like you bust your ass? It's like, those are like all-day events. So you take an entire day, you're sitting in the fucking room filling out Scantron bubbles. Usually people hate them. I hate it. I hated them. 
Like, AC, did you take the ACT? I don't think I ever took the ACT. Oh, my God. I got a 29 on mine. That was pretty good. That is a good score. But um, having to redo it again. Like, what if you had, like, the perfect test? Like, what if you really were feeling great? You had it all together. And then you got to go back in there and take that test again because some idiot UPS driver. I guess they wouldn't know what their score was in the first place. Exactly. But so, still. That makes it better, at least. Like, what if something happened to where their, their scores were submitted, but then they were revoked or something? And you had to that, take that, it again. That, that shit would be ridiculous. Yeah, that happens, but I don't know. I saw that was funny. Like, I couldn't yeah. imagine having to retake that test like that just because it flew out the fucking... Anyways, you got any more news today, sir? Yes, I have one more. Another one from our favorite UPI on news. Uh-oh. Earbud piece was stuck in British man's ear for five years. I did see this one. This one's crazy. It's ridiculous. I haven't read this one yet. A British man who feared he was going deaf used a home endoscope kit and discovered a piece of an earbud had stuck in his ear for about five years. Wallace Lee of Weymouth Dorset said he had been experiencing hearing loss for the past few years and ended up buying a home endoscope kit to see if he could identify the issue. The tiny camera alerted him to a small white object near inside his ear. Five years ago when I was visiting my family in Australia, I bought these little earplugs that you can put different attachments in depending on the noise you want to phase out on an aircraft, Lee told the BBC. One of these little attachments had lodged in there and it had been there ever since. Lee visited an ear, nose, throat surgeon who was able to remove the offending object. Instantly, I could hear everything in the room. The fog that was in my head for all those years went and left. I could hear perfectly well, he said. That is absolutely hilarious, and I can't believe he went that long without realizing that was in his ear. What I can't believe about this news story is, yes, he went five years, but instead of going to, like, the doctor, he he bought (laughs) a home endoscope and put it in his ear ear himself, and that's how he diagnosed the situation. How much would this cost? it, It can't be cheap. I mean, this is a tiny microscopic camera seriously yeah that you're gonna wiggle around and he's gonna do this all himself like is this guy a fucking ear doctor himself i can't imagine he is because he would have been able to solve this quick this guy's like i ain't going to no doctor i'm not going to the doctor i'm (laughs) not a fucking little camera thing until he got to the point where he's like shit i guess i do need to go to the doctor when he could have just gone there in the first place said hey i'm not hearing as well is there anything that's going on can we check this out i don't know couldn't imagine the pain like because sometimes at work when i leave my earbuds in too long sure i'll have to take them out my ears hurt yeah i can't like i can't wear them for very long yeah some people but, can't and uh like five I'll, years oh my god like i'll wear mine for calls but that's about it and it's like it's like that call ends the greatest feeling is just taking them off or even editing even the, the big ass editing the best feeling in the world taking those off after like a three hour <laughs> editing session so i couldn't imagine what this guy feels like well he's all good now he is good yeah he's good to go now what do you think happens to the camera do you think he keeps it around just in case i don't know what the resale value on those are once it's entered an ear yeah so couldn't couldn't really tell you i guess i'll bet you he keeps around just in case but i that that's not the who the hell buys a camera a specialized camera to go in your ear instead of going to the fucking ear doctor i would feel obligated to use it once in a while if i was gonna spend the money on it i'd go in there and look often i feel like there's other uses for that i feel like you could could find something to use it for sure i'll bet you i'll bet you it's getting put to good use i mean just think of the areas you can get to in your house that you've never been like i don't know let's say you wanted to go inside the ducks or underneath the couch or i guess you can just lift the couch move the couch yeah i don't know but it would be more fun to take a camera in there would it not i guess i don't Uh, know i'm just trying to find reasons to use this thing after i I bought it it would help on like car repairs maybe yeah that is true like that is true i spend so much time with my head under the hood i got no idea what the fuck's going on down there i can't see anything sure but a little camera that would help out and anyways we'll get on to our main topic yes sir why don't we dive into this one this is gonna be your episode man 
this is definitely going to be your episode. Uh, I don't know. So today we're going to be getting into like mad scientists. Yes. Like, crazy mad inventors throughout history. Now we're doing real people, right? We're not doing yes. fake mad. Okay. We didn't kind of clarify that. So yeah. And this could this might be somewhat similar to a previous episode, episode sixty-eight, which was insane inventions. Yeah, I'd say so. This is kind of similar, maybe not. I don't know. But it you might should definitely check that episode out if you haven't. It might be similar to the we had one way back where they talked about the the Fernald School. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, I remember. This that might one. be similar to that one too. Yeah, there were some mad scientists into this. Now the one thing we got to say, and I don't know what what you selected to talk about yet. There is some fucked up people out there. Like, yeah, I didn't talk about uh, Mangel, the the angel of death from Nazi Germany. They got to oh just yeah. I decided I couldn't y- y- I couldn't talk about. Did you ever listen to uh, the last podcast on the left? Their uh, thing about Mengele. I think that's how you say his name. No, I'll, I might have, but I it's, don't know. It's crazy. I mean, some of the shit that he does off the fucking wall. Unreal. I didn't talk about the Japanese guy that was doing the same shit either. Because that guy went unpunished. He didn't, he never saw, he never served a day for his crimes. Yeah. But he was doing similar shit. So I kind of stayed away from them. I kind of also stayed away from like really popular scientists. Like I didn't decide to talk about Nikola Tesla. Yeah, even I, didn't, though I didn't do him He either. could fit into this. Isaac Newton could fit into this. Da Vinci could fit into this. So, anyways, do you want to lead us off or do you want me to jump in first? Uh, this first one, I figured that we might have, the both of us. Sure. And we probably both talk about this guy. But I can get going. How many do you have? I've got uh, two really good ones. I got a third that's not bad. And then I got a couple of small ones. So yeah, I've got three. So, I'll just roll off my first one here. Pat, you ever heard of Sidney Gottlieb? Yes, but I don't think I brought this one to the table. No, I'm surprised. I, I thought this one for is sure this, you would have brought. Is this the dog head guy? No. No, Sidney Gottlieb is a was an American chemist and spy master who headed the Central Intelligence Agency's 1950s and 1960s assassination attempts, this, which included Fidel Castro. This was the LSD guy. Yes, and okay, he was yep. and he was also ahead of the Mind Control Project MK Ultra. And we've talked about MK Ultra on the show more than once. Government cover-ups. That's what the episode was. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Government cover-ups. Uh, but that was a good episode. Yeah, it was. Um, in the early 1950s. CIA was experimenting with a lot of different drugs, sure. like uh, marijuana, caffeine, uh, peyote, which is like a cactus that contains uh, psychoactive uh, alkaloids. And um, they basically did this to try and get more information out of subjects that they were questioning. So after Albert Hoffman discovered LSD, which I don't know if he was the first person ever to discover LSD, but as far as like scientifically maybe in a lab, this sure. was the first guy to discover it in 1953. And he saw its potential that the CIA jumped on it. And in the same year, that the agency set up the project, MKUltra, to develop mind-controlled drugs. And just to clarify, at that time, the United States was apparently really worried that Russia or China would get their hands on LSD. And they just really wanted the United States to be prepared uh, just in case they got their hands on LSD. Maybe that's their story. Sure, sure. But on April 18, 1958, Dr. Gottlieb, who was also head of the chemical division at the CIA, he wrote a memo listing the ways the drug can be used and the way he lists the way this drug can be used uh looking looking at it from our point of view it's pretty pretty sick pretty sick what this guy was willing to do sure in the name of lsd research gottlieb saw be useful ways far beyond interrogation including disinformation the induction of temporary insanity 
sometimes in spectacular ways described by him, and public humiliation of political opponents or obstacles. So this guy was willing to go farther than just trying to figure out and get, right. and get more information from them. Sure. Uh, so this research program ultimately led to 149 mind control experiments with at least 25 of them involving administering LSD on unwitting subjects. Now, that is absolutely insane if you think about it. There's innocent people who are subjected, sometimes without their knowledge, to experiments that have ended in psychosis and some people have even died. That's insanity. So there's a show on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever Warm seen it. Wood. Yes, Wormwood. Um, I haven't finished that whole thing. I haven't either, but... It was pretty good from, from what I saw. It's about... I'm pretty sure that one is about Dr. Frank Olson. Yes. And in the beginning, the CIA was actually testing this LSD on themselves a lot. The officers sure. would give it to themselves, and they would test it. And this guy had his first acid trip put him into a horrible, deep depression and paranoia. He ended up killing himself. I think he jumped out of a New York hotel. I don't remember which hotel it was. Yeah. So horrible shit like that happened. But then they started testing on other subjects. They started with prisoners and then mental health patients. And then they hired this officer. They went to these extremes. They hired an officer named George Hunter White. He would hire prostitutes to pick up men in Washington bars and bring them back to a CIA-owned brothel. And then he would watch them in a two-way mirror while they were on LSD and observe them and all this shit. Like, how so, do you come up with these ideas? How do you come up with this shit? How can you How can you use innocent people yeah. unwillingly to do this shit? Like, who, who ever thought this was a good idea? I don't know. And he used his skills in other ways. He also made a lot of, like, deadly spy weapons and shit using poisons. Sure. He developed this poison handkerchief for an Iraqi that the CIA wanted taken out. He developed a poison dart for a Congolese, and then he had a whole arsenal of poisoned presents for Fidel Castro that obviously didn't work out very good. And I think among those was like a poison cigar, too. Wow, yeah. I think I remember that. He was head of MK Ultra for 20 years. He retired in 73, and he died in 1999. Wow, he lived into our lifetime. That's always creepy. Yeah, he was born in 1918. That's always kind of creepy. But this dude was definitely a mad scientist. There's a lot more to be getting into about this dude, but he was basically the head of MK Ultra, which was a conspiracy for the longest time. Then it obviously it became true about the CIA secret mind control, mind control uh, so, experiments. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah, we could do a full episode just on that guy, honestly, with all the shit that's gone, that's gone down, and then the allegations of shit that's. I didn't gone even down. touch the surface with this guy. Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah, uh, the Guardian has a good uh, article on this guy and uh, Complex.com too. Awesome, sounds good. Now. My first one is one I've known about for a while. You might actually have this one. Have you ever heard of Ilya Ivanovich Ivanov? I think I saw him on one of the lists, but I didn't get into him. This is one I've known about for a while. This is the Russian scientist who tried to create ape men. Now, I'm just going to kind of put up the context for this for a little bit. I'm not going to read it or anything. I'm just going to talk about it. So this guy was born in the 1800s, like 1870 or something, and he died in 1932. The Russian scientist, he was a biologist, basically, and he was obsessed with the idea of creating animal hybrids. He somehow successfully created the horse-zebra hybrid, which is pretty, you'd think that'd be pretty easy because a horse and a zebra are pretty close anyways. Right. He's able to create one where he at least got the creature out there. He had like a, like a mouse-rabbit hybrid where he's able to actually do this. Like he was able to like get like a, like a buffalo and a, or a bison and a cow and he's able to cross them and create a creature that was actually alive and all this shit. Right. Like a mouse and a ground 
groundhog or a <laughs> guinea pig or something. So he had a lot of like success with that type of shit. But he was obsessed with the idea of crossing humans with apes, gorillas, and chimpanzees, and I think even orangutans. He never succeeded in this, and it's due to a variety of reasons. And he was doing this, like he was working on this like in Russia when it was still the Russian Empire. And then when the communists took over, Stalin called him up and was like, hey man, I got this idea for these ape super soldiers. If we um. could create an army of super soldier ape men, that that might be something. Because they'd be stronger than humans, they'd be better, but they'd also obey all your orders and they wouldn't question all this shit that we're going to try to do. So this was kind of Stalin's idea. And this guy was like, hey, you know, <laughs> we might be able to make it happen, basically. <laughs> He started off by taking human sperm and trying to fertilize chimpanzees. And he couldn't make it happen. And he had a lot of attempts and he couldn't make it happen. So then he was wandering around in Africa for a while. He got a leave to leave or whatever. And he was trying to come up with an idea like, how the hell am I going to make this happen? He eventually went back to Russia and was like, well, I think I need to take chimpanzee sperm and impregnate a human. Oh, God. And I guess he had some volunteers <laughs> that were like, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll sign up for this one. And what ended up happening, though, is to make a long, a very long story short, something happened to the orangutan that he was going to use. I think he was going to go with an orangutan. And when he was back in Russia, there just weren't any chimpanzees available that fit the, uh, well, it's in Russia. I don't know if sure. zoos have it or anything. Sure. There was, wasn't, there wasn't, there weren't any that fit the criteria. It needed to be a, a male of a certain age and he couldn't, he couldn't find any, so. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't pull it off supposedly that's the official story and then he ended up doing something and i guess he pissed Stalin off so he got sent to kazakhstan ah. where he ended up dying pretty quickly after that however that's the official story there are persistent rumors out there that he may have succeeded there, there are any evidence to these rumors there are some news articles and some pictures now what what uh what time period was this uh 19 19 okay 1920s and 1930s there's a story out there that i've heard and i don't know if it's true or not that they were able to create the baby and bring it to the point where it got born but when it was born it was such a fuck up abomination that they decided just to to end it right there basically hmm. which is terrible yeah i'm surprised it's terrifying you... to think about that yeah but it was just like we've created a monstrosity an abomination damn there's also plenty of stories that they did succeed and there are eight men plenty of them out there in russia somewhere there are also stories of some like some cave woman that they found supposedly who was like a neanderthal or something and supposedly they were able to breed with her or something but i don't know anything about that we'll have to look so, into that that's interesting yeah. anyways that's all i got with this Ilya ivanovich ivanov definitely a mad scientist definitely crazy a lot of shit going on but this guy was dedicated to the craft it's crazy that it seems like it was a long time ago but they've made a lot of medical strides up sure. until the 1920s I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he thought that he could still do this at that point i'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened sure like i'm surprised there are not because if you look at the the biology of it if you're able to cross all those other animals and create something like ligers are a thing there really isn't that much that would stand in the way i'm surprised it just hasn't happened naturally i mean it, it probably did like you said but they're covering it up yeah Anyways, that's all I got with that. That was a good one. Ilya Ivanovich Ivanov. What else you got? So this guy's a character. Um, have you ever heard of Stubbins Firth? Yellow fever guy. Yes. I don't know if I would classify him as a mad scientist. This dude was just absolutely batshit crazy about the yellow <laughs> fever. <laughs> I think he fits the mold, dude. <laughs> so, uh... 
This guy was born in 1784. He was an American doctor. Uh, this guy is mainly known for his crazy experiments as a med student. Stubbins attended the University of Pennsylvania in 1801. In his third year, he started to investigate the causes of yellow fever. Yellow fever was going around. Uh, it was really bad in the tropical areas. And there was an outbreak in Philadelphia that killed a couple thousand people. I don't remember how many people it killed. It's like 10% of the population or something. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Yeah. So basically what this guy was trying to do was he was trying to prove the common narrative at the time about yellow fever, the causes. He was trying to prove those wrong. Sure. He was trying to prove Benjamin Rush wrong, which was a physician of the time. He suggested that it was spread by miasma or bad air. Now, is Benjamin Rush related to David Rush? He possibly could be. We'll have to follow up with Dave. We'll have to follow up with Dave. Maybe he could do a 23andMe yeah. and figure out who his ancestry is. That would be a good idea. Anyways. Young Stubbins came to the conclusion that the fever was transmitted in bodily fluids and ex- excrements particularly vomit. And this guy stuck to that idea hard. Like, he was like, this is not airborne. This is passed through bodily fluid. Yep. So he started doing experiments with dogs and cats. And this is taken from a article from alphahistory.com. So experiment one. A small-sized dog was confined in a room and fed bread soaked in black vomit. At the expiration of three days, he became so fond of it that he would eat the ejected matter without bread. And it was therefore discontinued. So obviously, his experiment experiment did not work on the dog because the dog did not get sick from eating the vomit from a person that had yellow fever. It's so disgusting as fuck. That's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> when those experiences didn't work, he tried them on himself. So this is another uh, one taken from that article. On October 4th, 1802, I made an incision in my left arm midway between the elbow and wrist so as to draw a few drops of blood into the incision. I introduced some fresh black vomit. A slight degree of inflammation ensued which entirely subsided in three days and the wound healed up very readily. So Firth continued filling himself with the vomit of dying yellow fever patients, ejecting it into veins, under his cuticles, and into his eyeballs. Dude was crazy. That's insanity. Dude, for his 10th experiment, he fried up three ounces of vomit in a pan and inhaled the steam. And then he, then he constructed his own vomit sauna. Like, how far is this guy gotta go? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Sitting at length in a small closet with six ounces of steaming vomit. Firth eventually cut to the cut to the chase and decided to take his black vomit directly. And it was said that he tried these experiments on himself multiple times until he finally came to the conclusion that, alright, it's not spread through bodily excrements. Wasn't it spread through like mosquito bites? Yes, through uh, plasma, human plasma. Wow. So yeah, this guy was very stubborn in his ways, and uh, at least he didn't subject other people to, yeah. to this. That is one thing I've seen, is a lot of these guys will at least Try experiment on, on themselves first. <laughs> Right, but that's uh, that's Mr. Stubbins. That was different. That I, I don't. I don't know if you put him in a scientist category, but well, um, I thought that was pretty ridiculous. He definitely fit. He fits the the bill for sure. Sure. Uh, my next one. This one's a little out there. Have you ever heard of Mike Markham? Nope. He is an alleged time traveler who disappeared in 1997. Now this guy was a younger dude. He was in his early 20s, like 21, back in the 90s, and he lived in Missouri, and he. 
was working on a time machine at his house, which, let's face it, there are a lot of people out there doing this shit, unfortunately. Sure. Or maybe maybe one of them's going to stumble onto something. I don't know. There is a lot of people out there that think they can just make a time machine at home. There's more than you would think. Like Stewie? Yes. So this dude was a, he was very bright, highly intelligent, but kind of weird at the same time, like a rebel at the same time. So he was like a student, but like not really, like not really like a high level physics student or anything. And he was basically just kind of like, if you didn't know anything about him, you think he was just kind of like the stoner bum living on the street that can't pay his bills and is <laughs> constantly about to get evicted and all that shit. So this guy was dicking around with one of those things. They call it Jacob's Ladder. Mm-hmm. I've heard of those heard where of the, those. the thing goes. Yeah. So he had one of those and he was kind of like trying to fine tune it with a bunch of different shit. And I'm not going to get into all the details, but he ended up using like a, like a CD laser, like a CD player laser to try to do something. And he's able to like refine like the energy going up really well or something. And he claims that when he was working on this, he threw a, like a, like a bolt like a steel bolt or a screw at it and it went in and then it disappeared then it popped up like across the room like a few seconds later or something sure so that's kind of <laughs> that, that, that's his story and he stuck to it he ended up getting into some trouble because when he got that idea together he was like if only i have enough voltage i think i can create time travel i think i can <laughs> so what he ended up doing <laughs> This is absurd. He stole, like, power transformers from a local power plant. Jesus Christ. Like, you know you know those ones where you're, like, on the side of the road, there's, like, that station, that, like, power station yeah. or whatever? Yep. He ended up getting into there and stealing, like, six of them. Damn. And he ended up getting caught and going to jail for a while. And then afterwards, he decided he was going to recommit to the plan, but only, like, legally. Sure. But at one point, like, the contraptions that he had going on at his house, like, they shut down power in, like, a three-block radius <laughs> or something. Like, he would consistently do shit like this. Now, he could never really pay his bills or anything, so he's relying heavily on donations because as as he got bigger, and this is like at the infancy of the internet, people started to find out about him. So it was like donations were coming in and people were donating parts and ideas and whatever. So it started to, like, really build something. And it was all out on his porch, supposedly. Who would donate money to this guy? <laughs> I don't know. And it got to the point where he got the attention of Coast to Coast AM. And he had two different interviews on Coast Unreal. to Coast AM about this. Now, this was back when uh, back when Art Bell was the host before George Norrie. Uh, have you ever listened to Coast to Coast AM? Mm-mm. It's different. It's, you, you always tell me about it. It's I, need, really, I need to listen to it. It's, it's different. It's really good if you need something to fall asleep listening to. It's excellent. Now, he had these two interviews with Art Bell. So that that's what really kind of like launched him into the the public consciousness and in 1997 like he got everything together like he had all the transformers together he had the voltage that he wanted and he was pretty confident that this is going to work he'll be able to travel through time so the day came he went in supposedly and was never seen again supposedly so was anyone with him during this were there any witnesses details are very sketchy about this guy which is part of the problem sure now what also ended up happening like a few weeks later is they talked about it on coast to coast sam they were like well we interviewed him twice Supposedly, he went into his contraption on this date, and we haven't heard from him since then. A story was revealed by a listener of Coast to Coast AM from the 1930s that they just happened to stumble across. 
Cross, where a guy in the 1930s was found dead. Now, the biggest key with this Mike Markham guy is when he went into the time machine, he said the only thing he's taking with him is his cell phone, which I guess cell phones were around back then. There weren't many of them, but they were around. Sure. And this listener said that this guy that was found in the story that he found from the 1930s was found on the California beach dead in a metal, like a metal contraption that they couldn't identify. And the only thing they could identify was a device in his hand or something that looked like a cell phone. It's probably him. So these people are trying to say that he went back in time and died in his experiments, but he was found in the 1930s and then the story just happened to pop up. So now I think a lot of this is bullshit. I'm not going to lie. How would that, I don't see how it would work. I don't know how the hell it Cause he was trying to go into the future. Number one. So he fucked up. But like when I was doing the research, like you could see like these like charts, diagrams of what he drew up and it looks kind of ridiculous. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, but there's, there are people out there that like in the time traveling community or the, the people that are interested in time travel. Is there a time traveler community? <laughs> there is. Believe it or not. I found them today. <laughs> And they're pretty fucking whacked. I'm not going to lie. But there are people out there that take this story and like, are like, okay, let's see what's, what, what, what's going on with this. And then there's like, even like, like, a, like an actual scientific article published about this guy's ideas. And they're like, well, you know, this could actually theoretically work. <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous. Now, I was on Reddit, in the Time Traveler Reddit, which I guess is a pretty active community. I, I had no idea. And they were talking about this story, and they were kind of going back and forth about it. But most of these people are convinced that, well, some people are convinced that he committed suicide. Because they think he was real. They think this was a real guy. I mean, yeah. obviously, if he goes on Coast to Coast AM, he's pretty real. Right. But there are a lot of people that say that he was operating under an alias. There's a picture attached to this guy. But a lot of people say that the picture attached to this guy isn't actually of him. It's somebody else that just happened to share his name. And then there's this other theory that either he went back in time and came back or he never actually did. And there's a bunch of people that say that he's living as a homeless guy in Hawaii, of all places. But when I was on that Reddit, there was a Redditor in the middle of the discussion that was adamant that he was Mark or, or Mike <laughs> Markham and was talking about all the shit that happened since then and about how his life got ruined because of the publicity and all this shit. Mm. So in conclusion, I have no idea. I don't know if you can believe what you read on reddit oh you definitely can but these, <laughs> but these people are pretty convinced about it and when you have wow. a bunch of people thinking along the same lines it's always interesting at least a little bit yeah that is that's definitely interesting it's like it's like between the court records and the coast to coast am shit and enough of the shit that's out there about this guy mad scientist definitely yeah i think he definitely fits. he's not a accomplished <laughs> scientist at least officially <laughs> but i found the story absolutely fascinating so yeah i have to look into that guy that's yeah. Interesting. There's and I again I scratch the surface on this dude. I can't get into the science behind it all. I didn't really know what Jacob's ladder was until today. Anyways, what else you got, sir? All right, I have one more. Um, have you ever heard of Paracelsus? No. So this dude. This dude is kind of batshit crazy, but we have to thank this guy for almost all of modern medicine the way it is today. Okay. So there's kind of a funny article about this guy. I don't know if you've ever been on Cracked.com. Yes. That's but, actually where I got some of my shit from. Yeah. So they kind of have a funny article about this guy. This guy's name is absolutely ridiculous. So he was born in 1493. So he's a 16th century Swiss doctor. And so he was born Theophrastus von Bohenheim, but his full name is Philippus Aurelius Theophrastus. Theophrastus Bombastus von Hohenheim. That is his full name. 
<laughs> okay. It was according to Wikipedia. So this guy actually discovered a lot of what we know, and he's known as the father of toxicology. Sure. So a lot of modern medicine can be thanks to this guy. He was forefront of the medical revolution of the Renaissance era, and he had some pr- uh, pretty crazy beliefs too. His revolutionary idea was a concept that sickness came from outside agents, and those agents could be fixed with the right medication. So that was a that was a big breakthrough at the time. Oh yeah. And these two innovations have paved the way for everything from modern day antibiotics to diet pills. But Paracelsus, he also believed that the human body was a perfect little microcosm of the entire universe. So this guy thought that we were not just made of the elements that the rest of the universe were made up of, but the seven known planets and seven known metals of the time were represented by the seven major organs of the body. This is what this guy believed. Are there only seven major organs? I guess, according to this guy. So he thought that he could build his own human with the right materials. So what this guy did was he took some sperm, cooked sperm in a test tube, and he buried it in some fucking horse dung. Was this the guy who was trying to make a homunculus? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and he buried it in some horse shit for like 40 weeks, and he claimed that he produced a real walking, talking little person by the end of the experiment. But he obviously did not succeed. <laughs> I guess he just did some ridiculous experiments with shit. Almost everything that he came up with was experienced with shit. I and, don't get that. And he, yeah, I guess he would go up to like other scientists with like a bowl of shit, and he would try and like tell them what he was doing. And maybe they probably should have listened. Where do they get these ideas? from i have absolutely no idea i had no idea what a homunculus was until i read i read a really bad sci-fi book and it ended up being shitty but they use that word like as if it was like a normal word that everyone's supposed to know yeah and I'm like, what is this? What What is this term? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. So, anyways. And this guy, he also believed in mythological beings like wood nymphs. And, yeah, well, those are real. And giants. He would like our, our previous episode. Well, we our, concluded our giant. that giants are real as well. Definitely. So. And succubae. Succubae. Succubuses. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. Re- I don't really know. But, I mean, that's that's the, the majority of what's going on with that guy. Uh, I couldn't even begin to touch the surface with what this guy did. I don't think I've seen a longer wikipedia page than this guy's uh but i mean his name is long enough for me what was his common name again his this is normal name so he was born theophrastus von vohenheim what was he known as paracelsus paracelsus okay yes awesome full name we don't need the full name again okay Anyways, I got a couple more real quick. I'm going to just kind of knock out before we get out of here. Um, Werner Theodor Otto Forsman was a German researcher who, in 1956, won the Nobel Prize in Medicine because he developed a procedure to allow cardiac catheterization, which is basically where they go in and they're able to open up the the, the veins and the vessels if you have, like, a blockage or something. Yeah. He's a mad scientist because he first practiced this technique on himself. Like, he he literally took this metal tube like through his wrist and something put it all the way through to his heart and opened up his heart his own heart in a semi uh anesthesia state or he had some something semi going on but he was doing this himself that is incredible like could you imagine coming up with a thing like you have no idea if this is gonna work like you're sending this tube up your vein you don't know one nick and you could bleed out basically isn't that just and he was doing this under anesthesia it's like mild anesthesia like yeah but still like you can't be like just think if you were slightly impaired doing this on somebody else yeah 
Unbelievable. No way. But he did it all the way to his heart. He sucked a metal tube, a metal catheter, all the way through his vein to his heart. Yeah, I mean, he obviously succeeded. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's... It's unreal. Yeah, so that, that guy's crazy. Um, Giovanni Aldini, this is a very popular one. This guy's yeah. the actual... Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. Basically, what he was doing was he was experimenting on dead bodies, and he was taking, like, electroshocks, and his goal was to try to, like, animate different parts of the body. His goal was to reanimate a human completely. He couldn't do that, but he recognized that if you electrocute or do send shockwaves to certain nerves within the human body, even if it's dead, it'll, like, an eyelid will open, a jaw will click. He even got, like, a body to, like, make it look like it took a breath, shit like that, by just simulating different nerves on a fresh dead body. Right. I think he was doing this on animals as well, but he was making, like, a show out of this. Yeah. Like, he would travel around and, like, He would just have, like, a head up there with no body. And yeah. He would... <laughs> it, it was... This guy's crazy, and I didn't want to get too deep into him, because it's Frankenstein, basically, in a different... Yeah. There was, there was another guy that was inspired by him later on, I think in the in the 19th century. Uh, I can't remember who in the hell his name was, but he was... He basically tried the same shit. Yeah, there's a lot of this but shit out he there. he was a very well-respected, like, scientist. And that's what I found kind of crazy is that, like, in the later half of the 1800s and, like, the first half of the 20th century, these people are pretty, like, a lot of these mad scientists have a lot of clout, like, a lot of backing. With, yeah. With major yep. government. And you look at some of the shit that was just pulled, like the Tuskegee syphilis thing, but just yeah. absurd nonsense. Like, who the hell? But when you listen to the quotes about this, they thought they had the full backing of the establishment to do this shit. Like, they were completely immune from anything because they were treating people as subjects, not patients. It's ridiculous. Which is absurd. So, anyways, I feel like we could go on. Yeah, for a we, while. We could do this. a lot more with this. There was the guy that I didn't. I didn't even understand this one. I didn't do him, but the dog head guy. You see the yeah, dog head guy. Yeah, I saw the dog like, head that was guy. Just fucked up. I didn't really read much into him. He would just basically he had he did it twenty times. He created twenty two headed dogs by just cutting the head off of one dog, keeping it alive, and sewing it onto the other one. <laughs> now these dogs didn't live long, but it just fucked. Like, like why? What are you doing? Like, what? What's the point? What's What's the plan with this? Didn't they try a human head transplant like five years ago? I thought I heard something, but I don't know about that for sure. Or like a brain transplant or something. I can't remember. I think they tried something. It. I think they've done a face transplant. Yeah, we've talked about that one. Yeah, but I don't know about a full head transplant. That seems a little... I could have swore I read it somewhere. I'll, we'll have to bring it up next next episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, but there's a lot of famous scientists, too, that did some really weird shit. Like, Tesla was weird. Newton. Newton was an alchemist, more than anything. A lot of these people were alchemists. Yeah, which we could do a whole other thing on alchemy. Literally, which... we could do a whole we could do a whole episode on alchemy. Yeah. So, anyways, do you have anything else for this this uh, discussion? Nope, that's basically all I got. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, we did some fucked up shit, but I think we kind of stayed away from like the really, really, really bad ones. Yeah, like, there was definitely worse. Like with eugenics. That opens up a whole other world of just ethical insanity, basically. So we could we could do more on this if we wanted to, but I think we I think we covered it pretty well. I'd say. I think so too. So, anyways, if you guys enjoyed this discussion, please tweet us at Thirty In Love. Please let us know. Comment on Facebook. Have you been on the Facebook lately? Yeah, I have. We had like seven views this week or something. That's awesome. And the most recent episode is doing pretty well so far. And we got our first listener in Finland, I think. Hey, one of the, Finland. One of the Scandinavian countries. I think all we need is Sweden. We'll have that entire. We'll have all of Scandinavia. So awesome. Thank you guys. If you're out in Europe and you're listening to the show, please tweet us. Please let us know how you found it and what you think of our show so far. 
Yeah, if you guys have any topics you guys want us to research and talk about, let us know. Yes, we're really thrilled. Every time we get a listen, we're very happy about it. And we're, we appreciate the positive feedback. Like, I feel the feedback's been pretty been, pr- been pretty positive. So um, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep getting back at it. we got a great episode planned for you next week. So anyways, do you have any more comments or questions or concerns, Ben? Nope, that's it for me. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. Peace. talking little person by the end of the uh by the end of it by the cut by the end of the experiment but he obviously did not succeed he did not he did not succeed <laughs> i guess he just did some ridiculous experiments with shit He started off by taking human sperm. Can I say that? Can I say that on the podcast? Yeah. And trying to fertilize chimpanzees. And he couldn't make it happen. He couldn't he couldn't get it make it work. Damn. Well, I remember in eighth grade. Do you remember the science fair in yes. grade school? Yeah, we had we had a kid in my class create a Jacob's ladder. Really? Maybe That's- maybe he is actually, what was that guy's name again? Mike Markham. Mike Markham. Maybe that's actually him. It could be. Yeah, we put Mentos and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that was our science fair. I don't remember what I did. I think we got like a C minus. It wasn't good. Oh, I think I did like Fiddler Crabs. And, really? and we accidentally left the crabs at school. Over oh, it, yeah. I, over, think you, I think you talked about this. We accidentally left them. At school over intermission, and we got back. The classroom smelled so bad. Oh, and <laughs> oh my God. They were, the, the crabs were dead. I felt That's, terrible. Maybe you're a mad scientist. I guess. Kind of sounds like it. Anyways, I guess. What else you got, sir? Like, is there between a horse, like, fording a river and a horse swimming across a fucking bay on its own? You know what I mean? <laughs>